The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, the Cooner Report on WRKOAM 680 Radio in Boston is hosted by Jeffrey T. Cooner. He is liberalism's worst nightmare. He is a conservative nationalist who champions God, country and family. And I am delighted to say that Jeff is with me now. Jeff, great to talk to you again. Um, listen, Donald Trump goading Vladimir Putin to invade Western Europe. Is that right? The Russians are coming. The Russians are they're, coming. They're here. Their reds are under your bed already, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was uh, honestly, I think, you know, Trump sometimes is his own worst enemy. And this was one of them. And look, uh, Trump's position has been known. He obviously believes in NATO. He wants NATO members, in particular, Germany, Spain, France and Italy. Those are really the four countries, Germany at the top, to pay their fair share to meet their minimum obligations, which they're required to by the treaty, to pay 2% of GDP, gross domestic product, to go to military spending. And many NATO countries are freeloading off of the back of the United States. And Trump doesn't like it. Frankly, the American people don't like it. And what he's proud of is that under his presidency, many NATO members stepped up. Well, you know, Trump basically reiterated that in a crude way. I would not have phrased it the way he phrased it. You know, where he says, look, I tell them, you know, I sit down across from some of these Europeans and I tell them, if you're not going to pony up your 2%, uh, I don't care who invades you. If the Russians want to invade you, let them. Now, obviously, Biden pounced on that. He should have. Uh, Trump gave him an opening. But, you know, in reality, is Trump going to abandon NATO? No. In fact, whether he wants to or not is almost irrelevant. Uh, Article 5 of the NATO treaty obligates the United States If any NATO ally is attacked, we must come to that country's defense. So, you know, do I think Trump wants to walk away from Europe? Absolutely not. He's very fond of Poland. He's very fond of Great Britain. Uh, He's very fond of other European countries who he believes are willing to share the burden. But he feels Germany really is the one that I think that gets under his skin. Yeah. He thinks that Germany is a very wealthy country. Ukraine's in their backyard. And here they are, and they're riding the back of the United States, and he wants it to end. And the irony is, Kieran, according to the Times of London, it actually worked. So this sort of art of the deal, use leverage, use pressure, threatened to walk away from the table. The German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, a day or two after Trump made this comment, said, OK, OK, we're now going to start paying our fair share. We're going to you know, hit our 2% targets. So in a way, it works. Yeah, listen, and, and and he had confrontations with Angela Merkel the last time around as president as well on this front and, and, and other NATO member states uh, ponied up more cash. So there is an argument, I guess, where, where it could backfire and you already see kind of mutterings of this. Now, we're a long way from it becoming reality. Is that eventually some of NATO's European members think, you know what, this is a busted flush and we just need to come up with our own robust European defense policy? Oh, I think you're dead on. Uh, I think the French certainly want it. I think the Germans are open to it. I know the Spanish also are flirting with that idea. Uh, I think eventually it's going to happen. I'm not saying today or tomorrow or let's whoever wins the next election. I think in about 10, 15 years, I think you will see have Europe have its own army, uh, its own completely independent defense policy. And frankly, I think the United States, we are a declining power. I know nobody wants to hear it, but we are. We're in economic decline, geopolitical decline, certainly social moral decline. 
We have so many problems here at home. We are overextended. I think we've made some crucial mistakes. The invasion of Iraq was a big one. Uh, we were taking over the role of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire eventually went into the dustbin of history. And I think the United States now is going to have to retrench. I think we can't continue these commitments all over the world. Something's going to have to give. And as Europe gets economically stronger and more self-confident, I think it's inevitable. What I do find interesting, Kieran, is everyone has been saying that Trump is a mouthpiece of Putin. Not everybody, but his critics say, you know, he's a mouthpiece of Putin. Uh, he secretly likes Putin. He's an ally of Putin. Yet on Russian television, on the record, Putin was asked point blank as the leader of Russia, who would you prefer to see win in November? And he didn't blink. He said Joe Biden. Yeah, tell me and about when, that, because it's funny you mentioned Rome. Moscow is the third Rome, isn't that what they like to say after Rome, Constantinople and then Moscow? That's right. So wh- wh- why do you suspect he picked Vladimir Putin? Acor- according to the man himself, it's because he thinks Trump is unstable. What do you think? Yeah, tr- and Trump is. Inside. He's erratic. Uh, there's no. He's unpredictable. Trump is very unpredictable. Joe Biden isn't. And I think the real reason is, and it's an open secret, the Russian media says it, they believe Joe Biden is senile or whatever in the early stages of senility. They think he's mentally soft. They think he's a weak leader. They've rolled him for a good extent in Ukraine. Uh, if you notice Biden's policy, whatever you think about the war in Ukraine, he has given Kiev enough weapons to hang on to power, but not enough weapons to win the war. And so what you're seeing is Putin is slowly grinding out a victory in Ukraine. So if I'm Vladimir Putin and I see I got a president who clearly is in cognitive mental decline, so much so that a special counsel report last week came out, Robert Herr, saying, yeah, do we think he mishandled classified documents? Do we think he illegally had them? Yes. Are we going to prosecute? No. Why? Because we think he's unfit to stand trial because his memory lapse is so bad. Mm. He couldn't remember when his son, Bo Biden, died. He can't even remember when he was vice president. I mean, it created an absolute firestorm. So you've got Putin looking at Biden and he's saying, would I rather have to deal with Biden, who I believe I can just steamroll, or Trump, who's volatile, who wants a deal, but may threaten me over Ukraine if it's not the terms that he likes, who wants to drill and launch almost an energy war against Russia to drive down the global price of oil which is Putin's economic lifeline. So frankly, if I was Russian, you know, Russia's leader, if I was Putin, I take Biden over Trump every day, you know, myself. Not the, not not because I'm uh not because I want to conquer Europe, mm. but just as a Russian nationalist, who would I rather have across the table? It's not Trump. You mentioned kind of the the issues around Biden's cognitive decline. So that that story broke, that kind of report, that special prosecutor's report, just after we spoke last week, actually. Um, uh, So it was kind of this day last week or maybe the day after. Um, I I assume, I mean, that that, that is a much bigger issue for kind of Joe and Josephine Sixpack than, you know, who pays what in terms of kind of NATO's uh, annual defence spending obligations. 1,000%. I mean, this is what, this is the albatross around Joe Biden. That, look, he's a, to be candid, he's a likable guy. He um, obviously has a lot of support within Democratic Party ranks. Um, He's a man that has a long career in politics. But if you've been following him as I have, 
he's a shell of his former self, and everybody knows it. And you've got Kamala Harris, who gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal and basically said, I'm ready to serve. In other words, he's ready to go, and when we push him out, I'll be the one that steps in. So they're now circling him like sharks and vultures. And it's sad to see him decline the way he's declined. The problem the Democrats have is that they're worried that if Kamala succeeds him in the polls, she's much less popular than Biden. And so they don't know what to do. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. Now, I'm just going by the polling, Kieran. If the Democrats put a fresh face, a Gavin Newsom, uh, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, Trump would have a very different race on his hands. But the fact that he's up against Joe Biden, he's leading in almost every poll and in the key swing states, and that's Michigan, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, it's double digits. He's beating Biden in Michigan by 10 points. If this holds up, now again, eight months is a, an eternity in politics, but if this holds up, he's going to win a massive landslide. So the Democrats see this. And it's almost like a slow train wreck. You see it happening and you don't know what to do. They're in a panic. They're in desperation mode. My prediction, I think they're going to push him out at the Democratic National Convention. Really? I, I think I think they're going to parachute in either Newsom or Michelle Obama, someone that could galvanize the Democratic coalition and really give Trump a run for his money. I don't see them going all the way with Biden, because if they do, again, if Trump is put in jail if one of these cases turns out to be a conviction, that changes everything. But if that does not happen with Biden's mental decline, and it's really gotten bad the last six months, if he can't remember when his own son died, mm. we got problems. And, and uh, uh, Trump, Trump will beat him. I, I, I assume like polling is being done, though, on kind of Trump v. Kamala Harris, Trump v. Michelle Obama, Trump v. another Democrat. How, what, what would be, does Donald Trump and his camp, I assume they want Biden to run. They want to be on the ticket against him. They believe he's the weakest. In fact, they, they, that's the only one. Well, and Kamala. They believe whether it's Biden or Kamala, they win. If it's Biden, Newsom, they're worried. If it's Biden, Michelle Obama, they're worried. Because then all of Trump's negatives are turned against him. Because people don't like him. I'm not saying me or uh, his hardcore base, but most Americans, if you say, is he crude? Is he crass? Is he vulgar? Does he say stupid things? Is he unpresidential? Uh, can he be a jerk at times? They'd say yes. But they remember his presidency and they hear, you know, low gas prices, energy independence, secure border. There was peace in Ukraine. There was peace in the Middle East. And so people say, well, compared to Biden, his policies worked better. And unlike Biden, and this is the scary thing, we have someone who's not all up there, doesn't have all his marbles, and he's got the finger on the nuclear button. And Trump is getting up there. He's 77, but he hasn't shown any advanced senility or serious cognitive decline yet. So that's Biden's biggest Achilles heel. Americans now perceive him as unfit to be president. Jeff, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again at the same time next week. Jeff Cooner is the host of the Cooner Report on WRKOAM 680 Radio in Boston, Massachusetts. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.